Hi, podcast listeners. Just a heads up, we recorded this on March 9, 2020, right before we recorded the Icarus Moment episode. This episode is being released on March 30, which is well into COVID-19 world. We're talking about things. We're talking in person, and we're talking about workshops and classes that we're still meeting in person. Uh, the Skagit County Community Justice Center, where Underground Writing has their regular workshops for writing, and Elizabeth Riley's high school English class was still meeting. Um, none of those, nothing is meeting at this point. So this might be a little strange for you to hear about when we were talking as if things were normal. All right, enjoy the podcast. Welcome, friends. This is the Underground Writing Podcast for the week of March 30th, 2020. I'm Matt Malian, Director of Underground Writing, a program offering creative writing workshops in at-risk community settings. We work in places in which people have been speaking but not heard, thus resulting in voices forced underground. And I'm Alvin Shim, producer for the Underground Writing Podcast. On our podcast, we share writing crafted in our five underground writing sites. Today we're talking with Elizabeth Riley, an English teacher at Mount Vernon High School and a graduate student. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. It's good to be here. So you've been working alongside us a bit over the past six months. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you've been doing? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a graduate student and I'm getting my master's in English writing studies through Gardner-Webb University. And as part of that, I have just kind of been digging more into the world of writing and what that looks like and how it's used in a variety of ways. And as I started picking a thesis topic and thinking about that several months ago, um, underground writing kind of came to mind as something um, that would be pretty cool to work with and research and know more about. And so that kind of fell into place through lots of conversations and emails and things. And yeah, so I've been able to be doing research with underground writing for my thesis the last couple months specifically. So how did you first hear about underground writing and what, how did you arrive at the initial idea? So I can't remember where I very first heard about underground writing. I know a few people involved in it. And then I think just... I feel like the first time was just a random someone telling me, but I'm glad I know about underground writing. And then idea for the project, I think, started pretty broad of just knowing I was needed to focus on writing for my thesis and underground writing obviously works with writing. So I think it kind of started with a conversation with Matt of just, hey, what could this be um, a little bit? And we talked about site possibilities and then kind of shaped it from there once we got some of those initial details figured out. Yeah, that's, that sounds... Yeah, does that sound right? <laughs> sounds I think accurate. that's, that's, yeah, I think that's memory, what yeah. happened. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't right. go in with a super clear idea. I just kind of went in with the like, will this work somehow? Well, and you, you observed, like you observed some yes. workshops and thinking like you were interested in um, teaching. That's and, true. Like doing yes. something like that. I did future. observe before the thesis even yeah. became a topic. Yeah. 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 Which I think... Um, anyone that does that, there's a natural interest that occurs just in definitely because it's a unique context. Yeah. Um, just working with the folks we do, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think seeing those emphasize that I wanted to do more with underground yeah. writing and learn more. Yeah. So you finished the research and observations portion of the project, and uh, I assume now you're going to work at 
processing the data, beginning writing, um, thinking through things at this stage, what are some initial impressions you have here before you've started to actually process the data officially? Kind of just like your impressions from being, you've now had a lot of observations and facilitated some interviews and that sort of thing. What are some things that have, uh, well, yeah, just basic impressions? Yeah, there's a lot. I was talking to a friend about this recently, and it's. I think I'm still very much in the processing of some things. I think um, it was one thing just kind of I've been considering is that it was less, I think it may be coming out as, as a teacher, I expected and maybe was looking at it from a very educational standpoint to start. And not that there isn't an element of that, but I think seeing how much more it's about the people involved and about um, like what they're writing, not as a polished essay, but for like the processing it's allowing them. So seeing that develop, I think was cool to see and cool to see kind of that shift as I noticed kind of a different layer that maybe I haven't seen so much before. So that was one thing. And then just overall talking with everyone, um, just getting the opportunity to hear people's experiences has been impactful, getting to see um, what it's like in a jail a little bit and getting a taste of that. It's not somewhere most people ever go. I mean, there's a certain, yeah, obviously some people do, but a lot of people just don't ever go, don't know where it is. Um, and yeah, getting to be, see that I think has been important. Yeah. What have you been surprised by in your research? Surprised by, I think both through, so before I started visiting underground writing, I did a big um, literature review that was researching kind of other similar writing settings and writing used for processing trauma and writing in incarcerated settings. And, um, and then also working with underground writing, just seeing that it really like pretty research-based does have purpose and, it's not just because I like writing as an English teacher that I think it has purpose. It actually has pretty um, data-supported, research-supported um, benefits to people. And so then being able to see that um, and kind of starting to work through what I saw with underground writing and visiting, um, see how that's kind of evident here compared to other studies and things that I read about. When you, um, because you you teach the high school, mm -hmm. um, and what what are some things that, I mean, there might be some kind of no-brainer differences that we could list, mm -hmm. but what are some differences you experience as teacher in the classroom at the high school teaching English, going into the settings with us where we're talking about English-like things, po poems and from the long tradition of literature, but what are some differences that you experienced that were kind of like, wow, that's really, that's different, or this might not even work in this, this in one of the other settings. And yeah, no, I've been thinking about that a little bit because I love the writing I see and the investment I see of inmates in the, like at the County jail setting has been awesome. And so thinking, okay, what, like, how could I get my kids this excited about writing in my classroom? And I think one kind of notable difference is just in the classroom, we're looking at like, are we meeting standards and they need to learn how to write these certain types of essays. And um, we have, yeah, assignments and editing, and they do need to pay attention to where the commas are. And so there's kind of just that added layer of that is an educational setting. And those are important things. But I think underground writing can have kind of that freedom of not ignoring those things entirely by any means, but able to focus more on the person and the writing, not maybe as much 
just the writing, which is kind of a struggle, I think, sometimes with education and finding that balance. We could talk about writing and reading for that sake, for its own sake, just because you enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, but we could. <laughs> but I feel like let's we not do something we don't want. To. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like it's it's hearkening me back to to undergrad days of like writers talk about writing, and it's like all right, but what's like nobody cares except for us English English majors. Yeah, and even then, it doesn't really matter. How did you decide to be a teacher in the first place? That is a great question. The Shortish answer is I really kind of went into it because I loved reading and writing. And I was like, oh, then being an English major could be fun. And then I think it was mostly my dad was like, well, maybe you should get an education degree too. So you have something to do with your English degree when you get it. Yep. Uh, And so I wasn't, I was like, well, I can always change it. I'll go in and start it. And I took the first two education classes, I think my freshman year. And one of them was being in a classroom just like a couple afternoons a week for a few weeks. It wasn't even that much. And just seeing that teacher read a book with students and see them get excited and and get a writing assignment they were working on too. And I was just like, I I wanna do this. This is fun. This is where I wanna be. I could do this every day. Yeah, I could, yeah, it was, yep. Yeah, and then that just kind of kept growing the farther I got in the process. What are you working on this week with your high school students? This week, uh, they we have read The Rime of the Ancient Mariner in the last week or so. And then tomorrow they get to do a timed write that they prepared for on Friday, um, comparing a theme between Rime of the Ancient Mariner and one of the other shorter romantic poems that we read. So they're yeah, kind of focusing on theme. And then where do we see those common themes among the four romantic poems we read? Whoa. Because that is a standard, is comparing themes between different texts. So it's, also, it's a good thing to look at, but it's also a, something that they're supposed to be able to do by the end of mm-hmm. their sophomore year. So, What, uh, what from your experience with uh, being in the workshops and seeing the impact of writing and, and these sorts of things that you've observed, how has it, two-part question, how has it changed your teaching what you, how you think about teaching mm-hmm. now, or has it? Mm-hmm. And number two is, um, does it lead you to think differently about your possible interaction or involvement with teaching in the future? Definitely. I think it might be a slow change in teaching just because some things are already kind of planned ahead a little bit. But looking at, well, it maybe isn't the big assignments, maybe won't alter a lot. Looking at how can I incorporate writing that is more free and processing and just kind of response reflection in the classroom more. And so kind of maybe slowing down a little bit to allow for that to be a more of a habit um, throughout the remainder of the year. And then I think moving forward, that would also be kind of true of trying to work that in more, Um, just kind of seeing, I think too, high school kids, today in our community have so many things that are challenging beyond this classroom. And if the classroom can have a little role in giving them a space to think through those things, not that it can be all that by any means, but if it can give them a moment of, let me just like process what's even happened today and do a brain spill, or let me think through this prompt connected to a theme in literature, but like kind of get it into my own life a little bit and give them some 
small spaces, I think would be something that I kind of see a connection of where it might apply to my teaching. I don't remember what the second question was. I think it, <laughs> <laughs> I, kind of answered. I think you answered I think the second it question first. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somewhere there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You asked two questions. <laughs> <laughs> what's something and it's been pretty brief thus far but like we haven't we haven't covered every angle Mm -hmm. is there an angle that that you when you think about your research and observation so far that we haven't discussed that like is um significant in any way to you or your research that's interesting one thing that was really helpful in the process is interviewing the inmates as students in the workshop the teachers and several officers. I think that even just among the four teachers, there was varying kind of thoughts and perspectives, but then adding how do the officers interact with people coming and going from workshops or sitting in on workshops and then also getting that main perspective. I think getting those varieties of views was just um, helpful to, I think, kind of balance out perspectives or be able to think of them a little bit more objectively because I might hear one person and think like oh yeah that's so awesome and then someone else would be like oh and then there's this side to consider too and I'm like oh that's that's true too and so being able to get that variety I think was really helpful and beneficial in the process so that's one value in this what's the what's the question of this research project roughly I I have it written down really nicely on my computer, but (laughs) (laughs) roughly the, I guess maybe the topic is like, what is the experience of inmates in the writing workshop setting? Oh, that's a big question. Yep. So it was trying to be open of not assuming benefit or Mm -hmm. not, or Mm -hmm. yeah. So just looking at what are they experiencing? And then there were some sub questions some of which related to literacy, some of like how it impacts various communities that are involved. Do you have a root text that you carried with you when you were delving into this in college and then when you got to the classroom and then when you started this project? Not really. I think in my research, one that maybe stood out to me most And that I kind of came across, I think, a little later in the process was the Changing Lives Through Literature, um, which is a kind of similar program, but a little bit different that it started on the East Coast, but I I think has grown since then. And yeah, they kind of use writing in a similar way and reading to just give people a different opportunity, another way of looking at life to build relationships um, with other people in their community. Um, And they kind of use it as an alternate sentencing program. So it is a little bit different, but they are a pretty studied program. And seeing the results of what they did was, um, yeah, pretty impressive. And to, yeah, just kind of see their process. So that was maybe the one that stood out most and also one that had a full book on it, whereas a lot of them were just an article about a study that was a little bit shorter, so. Do you remember the author name? Is it Wexler? 
Yes, it's Wexler. <laughs> yes. Yep. I think I might have it, but I'm not. I'm trying. Yep. I'm scanning my bookshelf. Yeah. I can't remember, but I know it's a bluish color. It's yeah. got a book on the front. It's really oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got a binding. Yeah. With some pages. Yeah. Like it's. It's about know. an inch thick. <laughs> you'll know the one. No, it's definitely. It's yeah. He's okay. yeah. He's, he has a co-author that was a woman that joined him, and kind of started the women's side of the program. Yeah, I've heard his name yeah. frequently too. So a preview, and I'm going to put you both on the spot. You have the director of underground writing sitting in front of you. In your research, what should he be doing differently? <laughs> Showdown. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I haven't drawn all my conclusions yet. <laughs> I think this isn't necessarily you specifically. I think the most common thing that people, when I said like suggestions or thoughts or what would you want to see changed or grown was just that it was more frequent, that they could have more opportunity to write. Um, so that would, just because that's what I heard. That's a good almost pro everyone. problem. Yeah. And I no. say problem only because yeah. of yes. capacity. And I, yes, yeah. yeah. All, and there's definitely, yeah. The, yeah, I understand there's the, that was the, huh. yeah. Yeah, that sounds that's great. Nice. Pretty much all the inmates, all the officers were like, if we could have this more, that's mm. what, we're, yeah. What is a master's research project and, and why? Great question. My understanding is it would vary quite a bit from program to program and school to school. For me, in my program, it needed to be related to writing. Most are qualitative as opposed to quantitative. So we're looking more at um, things like writing and people's responses and in interviews and surveys rather than numbers. We yeah need to do kind of pre-literature review research, and then we do some sort of research ourselves. And then I think our page length is like 25 to 40 or something. And then we are supposed to submit at least a portion of it for publication in some journal is one of the things we're encouraged to do in our program. So those are the layers for mine, but I know from other people getting masters, it can vary quite a bit. And why do this? And why? That's a great question. Why for me or why for a master's student? Uh, both. Okay. Cause it seems like a lot of work. It, it is. It is hard. Yeah. <laughs> so why for a master's student? I think you, it's an incredibly independent. We definitely have support of great advisors. I have a really yeah excellent um, professor, but it's kind of having us own what we've been learning for two years and apply and make connections and look at something we really are interested in. And I think, two, kind of depending on the person, if they want to be in an academic setting in the future, getting this research practice and learning these skills is pretty essential if you ever want to move on to other degrees or teach in a higher education setting. These are kind of things you need to have practice in yourself. For me personally, I one just really like learning and really like the topic. So it's interesting and I enjoy the challenge and have learned a ton. So it's been a great experience. And then I think this choice of a thesis, I really wanted to do something that wasn't just sitting at my computer researching something. Well, that can be really fun. I really wanted to do something that had me interacting with people and that 
hopefully has some like benefit or outcome that is maybe helpful to people in some way and kind of wanted, yeah, because I know in life I don't want to just be an academic in a library. I want to be doing stuff with what I can learn and know. So I was, yeah, underground writing helped do that, which is awesome. Me too. I want to be out, <laughs> out in the field, you know. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, um, yeah, I really resonate with that because I, I love the academy. I love learning. But for me, yeah, I just, I, I don't want to be, I want to kind of a a hybrid feel. Mm-hmm. And, and this yeah. is, feels like that. Yeah. Bit, you know, get to work on both sides of the, not that there's that kind of divide, but have a foot in both camps. Yeah. And, I think it's really easy yeah. for there to be a divide. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, yeah, it takes some intentionality to be somewhere in the middle yeah thank you for being here with us today and and thank you so much for the work you're doing um i mean yes you have to do your research project anyway but you're we're really excited that you're doing it with us and and really um glad to get the data ourselves about like how we can improve and just the feedback of the students and the staff and we get we get some of that but this will be a formal way and it's great that um you get to complete your ma degree and, um, you know, we're just, we're honored to have you with us and just thanks Thank so you. much. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. You can make a difference, but you have to make some noise. We have to stay together, united together, we're fighting. Stay tuned after the credits for key quotes and findings from Elizabeth Riley's research. Today we featured a discussion with Elizabeth Riley. Stay tuned in the coming months to hear a follow-up to this episode. We'll have another episode for you in a couple of weeks. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Send feedback to our email address, podcast at undergroundwriting.org. Connect with us via our website, undergroundwriting.org. And spread the word about our work by mentioning us on social media. The Underground Writing Podcast is recorded and produced by Alvin Shim and Underground Writing. You can access it via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcast outlets, as well as on our website, where we include links of interest connected to items mentioned in each episode. The introductory music for this podcast is Cool Number no. 2 by Walt Hampton, as performed by the LaVenture Middle School Marimba Band here in Mount Vernon, Washington. The music you hear at the conclusion of each episode is provided by Luis Lopez and the Migrant Leaders Club in the Mount Vernon School District. I'm Alvin Shim. I'm Elizabeth Riley. And I'm Matt Malian. Thanks for listening. Divided. Elimination, deportation, racism, discrimination. How can you not say that we're free when our freedom's based on limitation? Do you have any cool key quotes from students? I don't know. I'm trying to think. Let me see. Think back to workshops. Mm. Doesn't have to be good. Yeah. As long as it's provocative. Yeah. I feel like, okay, let me get to the end because that's where we had our interview times and they said interesting things. Um, I have a few from the second workshop I researched at, and this was a men's workshop. Um, So these are a few of their thoughts that they shared um, in the interview um, after the workshop. So um, one man said, I always had trouble writing. Then I came a couple weeks ago. I can be I came back and I was like, wow, it opened a door for me. It was pr- I was pretty thrilled. I didn't know I had it in me. I wrote a pretty good letter to my girlfriend. 
Um, another man kind of responding to what he felt at the end of the workshop said he felt free, 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 and he had fun. And then another man said um, it was a chance to exercise body and brain. It releases stress, reminds me what's important. Writing for me is good. And another man said, it reminds me the things I do. It's going to be better someday. It was awesome opening up. I'm usually shy and don't talk a lot. I don't talk at AA meetings, but I feel like I feel a lot better here. More hopeful, more healthy choices. And one last one um, was from another man. And he said, you don't share your feelings out there. Um, there's community from workshops. So those are some of the ones that stand out from that. My gosh. Particular yeah. interview. Yeah. So we got to get like six billboards, put those up there. Yep. Because <laughs> right? that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you hear comments about safety, community. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Vulnerability processing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's just a few of pages and pages and pages. So, mm-hmm. yep. Excellent. That's good yeah. to hear. Yeah.